guys. Welcome back to another episode of Bath County Chronicles with Rob and Holly. Hey guys, we uh, want to thank everybody for joining in with us again and joining in for last month's episode yes. about the Bourbon Ironworks mm-hmm. and we've had a ton of shares on our page for it. And, uh, yes, thank video. you guys. Yes, thank you guys so much. Uh, the video came out. It's actually our shortest video we've done so far. It is, yeah. It's kind of amazing as long-winded as I, long-winded as I get. So <laughs> well, you know, that may have, have more to do with Holly's video, videography, too. Videography <laughs> skills there. Well, you know, and it was, a ru- it was a rush day. We had a lot going it was, on that day. It was. We did, yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, we've had some community things going mm-hmm. on uh, since the last time. Fourth uh, of July, we uh, had uh, good celebrations around here. Yeah. Good fireworks around. I was out of town, actually. Mm-hmm. So. The dogs didn't bother me that much, either. I was a, I was a little concerned. We have a new puppy, and I was like, okay, first, fourth of July, let's see what he does. Ah, he was fine. Okay, you know, puppy's going to duck and cover underneath some. Uh, he <laughs> laid in my lap, and it would boom, and he'd bark a little bit, but then he'd quit. So. Yeah, we uh, we went out of town. We went to Augusta and we stayed. Did. And uh, if you've never been to Augusta, it's a beautiful place to go. Mm-hmm. little river town on the Ohio River right up above Maysville. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a wonderful fireworks show, good places, little antique shops all down through there. And yeah. Good little places to eat. Yeah. And um, then we took the uh, the river boat, the paddle wheel from Newport down to Coney Island and watched yeah. the fireworks down there. So that was really neat. You know, yeah. Alicia and I just... You know, we like to get out and see things like that. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we had the horse show here in town locally. Mm-hmm. What was it, the 76th annual? We don't remember anymore. That's I don't te- either. That's terrible. I it know was, it started. It was up in the 70s, I know. It started around 1948, I believe. I'll have to double check. Yeah, it sounds right. And it's one of the premier horse shows here in yeah. Kentucky and the Tennessee area. And from what I understand, we had a great turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of horses, a lot of classes. The last several years, there's not been a whole lot of uh, classes. They've actually, you know, the horse show was actually shortened. Yeah. And we had a bad run for a bit, but now it's reorganized. It's back almost to its form, you know, full glory like it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, we had the uh, the May Day mm-hmm. uh, pageant, the beauty pageant happen, and Mallory Brashear won the uh, Miss Bath County. Mm-hmm. And congratulations yeah. to her and all the girls that p- competed in it. Yes. Um, it's, it's a big deal here, you know, the, the May Day yeah, it uh, is. Miss Bath County. And usually it's in May, but we had it in June this year. Yeah. Um, everything kind of got turned around because of this deathly death thing we call COVID. Yeah. So and and in the last few years, uh, several of our May Day teams have gone on to try to, or to compete in Kentucky. Right. West Kentucky. So uh, yeah. we uh, congratulate those brave individuals going. Exactly. China Thompson. Uh, yeah, she, China uh, was in the top 11. Top I 11. And uh, you know, congrats to her mm-hmm. and her family. I know yeah. they were proud of her. And oh, yes. Uh, we, Holly and I went to school with Rochelle and mm-hmm. everybody and, and yeah. China's and mom. Yeah, and uh, my uh, youngest son went to school with China. So. Right. So, so yeah, we've, we've not been as jam-packed as what we were the we last couple of weeks. I mean, other than, like, I mean, community-wise, you know. We haven't no, lost a month. But you know, the summer's been out. It's been really hot. You yeah, know, the last it has. A lot of people on vacation. So uh-huh. there's not a lot scheduled no. because of that. Um, now, I think they did have the community, community-wide pool party or something, yeah, too. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. So Somebody uh, was gracious enough to uh, rent out the pool mm-hmm. and made it a free event for anybody who wanted to come. Mm-hmm. Whoever that person was, thank you very much. Yes. What I understand, they were a, there was a huge crowd. Yeah, yeah, I had so. heard that, too, yeah. I was um, occupied, yeah. so <laughs> I was not there. <laughs> right, right. We were probably, I don't know what we were doing. But yeah, I know. I, so was, I was not as happily occupied, but that's okay. That's okay. Things happen. Yes. Uh, and coming up, um, you know, summer reading at the library ends, so we'll be getting ready for back-to-school stuff. Uh, and I'm sorry, guys, that that's... Starts the tenth for all you students out there. Mm-hmm. My son's over here shaking his head, going, "No, don't let it happen." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We're, we're here at the museum today, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we are. Yeah. at the Bass County History Museum. We are open today. We're open every Saturday from ten till two. And uh, this is my week to work it, and we're kind of multitasking a little bit. Exactly. Well, well, you always do that. I do that at the library all the time. So I've got my kids here with me. They enjoy coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help out, and Zach's waving at everybody. So. <laughs> so, but uh, all righty then. Um, 
that's all the events that we talked about. All all of it. Um, The one thing that will be happening over in Sharpsburg, so all you Sharpsburg listeners, uh, pay attention if you know someone who crochets or quilts or or uh, knits or anything. You know, stop by on Wednesdays at one at the library. Uh, We are going to begin uh, a project with Project Linus. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, if you don't know what they are, you know, you can look them up, but they, basically, they, uh, provide blankets and wraps and things like that for, uh, babies in hospitals, uh, social service places, um, shelters, different things like that to not just give babies, but to give any child that needs comfort, um, their tag, or part of their tagline is providing hugs, and yeah. that's what the blankets are. Uh, so, but you can do those in a variety of ways. If you're a quilter, if you're a knitter, if you just they have uh, um, things for felt, so that you can just make tied blankets. Um, so, I'll be providing the instructions for those projects at all the branches. So if you can't right. make it to us, then you at least have the instructions right. that you can provide and drop off, drop off the blankets with us. Very good. So, um, so we're going to start that in August too. Yeah. That'll start the second week of August. So that'll start. Let's see. This, I guess it'll be the tenth. So the day they start the day they school, go, back to school <laughs> go get some blankets. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so when I, a couple of weeks ago, I did a, I was a keynote speaker at the the annual homemakers association yes, meeting. Yes. And they were they were talking about doing the project line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do it down there at the extension office too. Yeah, they so. do. And um, I did not realize, you know, I've lived here all my life. Did not mm-hmm. realize how much the Bass Bay Homemakers Association does. They for do the so community. much. Oh my gosh! Yes. You yeah. know, it, you don't think about it, but mm-hmm. you know, I went down there for that, and they were giving the their yearly reports of mm-hmm. the different communities, and you're just kind of like, this is mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. This is really neat. They know. are still very active in your community. And, and they've they been doing this since the 50s. Yeah. And it's, it's been pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, the homemakers were the first to uh, put in to get the library started. So right. we love them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're very instrumental in yeah. that program. Yeah, yeah. So they've done a lot for our community. Yeah. So if you know a homemaker, say thank you very much. Yes, and thank you, guys. And how can we help, even if it's just to, you know, help advertise things for them? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I gave a show, so. I gave the podcast a shameless plug or two. Well, of course, you know. But we're gonna we're gonna shamelessly plug. We'll all shamelessly plug all our community it. people. So <laughs> you know, right? We, we want to help really our community. We have a really good community up here. We got a we lot do. of people who do a lot of good here in the in the community, and mm-hmm. I don't think get as much credit as they should. I don't. I don't think so either. They and, uh, yeah. But you know, we we're thankful for everybody yes. here. And yes. You know, there for a long time. You know, especially I lived away from here for a bit. Mm-hmm. And going to other countries and stuff where they don't have that yeah. really made me that appreciate support, things at yeah. home a lot more. So yeah. everybody out there is really awesome. So yeah. Very All right. Nice. So we're going to talk today about uh, Thomas Dowers mm-hmm. and his contribution that he did for Owensville here. Yes. And the town is, of course, is the town's his namesake. Mm-hmm. And his residence is still here in Owensville, right in the middle of downtown, mm-hmm. just on the other side of the museum here. Yes. Uh, it o- it's occupied by the Owensville Banking Company, has been there since 1893. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're lucky to have a structure in that yeah, old. And and it's still in use. Still yeah. in use. So it's a pretty uh, formidable place if you've never <laughs> been into it. It's, it's a large building. Yeah. So, uh, right, so uh, Thomas Dowings, uh, he... Uh, was born in John and Thomas Forrest, Cockeysville, Maryland. It's a suburb of ba- uh, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born um, to John Cocky Owings and Colgate Die Owings um, on March 7, 1776. Uh, came from a big family. Um, they were kind of wealthy and prominent there in Cockeysville, Maryland. Uh, they had um, quite a bit of land. They, they grew tobacco crops. Um, and they, his, John Cocky, his father, started working in the iron ore industry. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that last podcast mm-hmm. about how that factored yeah. into early Bass Bay history. Yeah, and I think we even mentioned that he, when he gave it over to his son. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so, and, you know, there's another Owings in the mix that is kind of famous, but there's going to be a story for another day. Yeah. But Thomas Dye was born. He was bo- born into the colonial middle upper class society. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it talks about you know the history of them that they live in big two elaborate two-story mansions uh they they own slaves uh, they relied on tobacco and uh the iron ore and they actually had the private tutors so if you watch some of these old shows you know the from the era of the upper upper class people who were um had you know their, their kids are taking writing lessons or going yeah, off with their yeah, nannies or the whatever. period pieces, the historical documentaries. Yeah, they didn't really want for much of anything. It no, they didn't. Like, so. Yeah, no. Um, so he, uh, Tar- John Cockey Owings, mm-hmm. uh, in 1774, own, owned the Northampton Iron Furnace there in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, and he smelted the cannonballs that were used for the Continental Army during the Revolution. Mm-hmm. And that'll factor in down, down the road here in the War of 1812. Um, you know, Thomas's father, many of his uncles, and future brother-in-law, uh, French Lieutenant Benedict von Perdellis, were all veterans of the American Revolution. Most of them were present at the Battle of Yorktown. So mm-hmm. that's the iron furnace and the fortunes that he was making over there really made him more interested in Kentucky. Yeah. We were talking in the last podcast about the uh, prospectors that came in, yeah. the early explorers yeah. were making notice of the iron ore. Yeah, That's so how he was like, oh, we got stuff down there. I can, I can we do things can do there. there. Yeah, I can uh, do things there. It's right in the middle of the country. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so he uh, he and Christopher Greenup mm-hmm. uh, partnered up, and uh, Jacob Myers, we talked about him quite a bit last, last time. They got a land patent signed by uh, Governor Patrick Henry, and Jacob Myers began building the Slate Creek Iron Furnace, you mm-hmm. know, later called the Bourbon Iron Furnace. Mm-hmm. Um, during the uh, late 1780s, John Cocky always began making land purchases all around here in addition to uh, Jacob Myers. We talked about him owning like 10,000 acres from the furnace down to Lincoln River. Yeah. And, you know, so they, w- they were, you know, just buying up all the land here. Oh, yeah. And they think that the total amount of land that John Cocky Owings and Jacob Myers bought it initially here in Bath County, or what is Bath County now, mm-hmm. was about 70,000 acres. So th- 70,000 acres is just unimaginable land. Yeah. I mean how, uh, do we know how many acres are actually in Bath County now? I do not. That's a good question. That is a good question. If anybody out there kind of has some know. more to elaborate on it, please let us know. Yeah. Um, so, you know. They they came from a pretty prominent family and they came here to the the woods of Kentucky, which mm-hmm. were you know hostile mm-hmm. and rough and rugged and everything. So you know this had to be some culture shock for some of them or yeah. an adventure. Either one depends on the personality. Depends <laughs> on the personalities, you know. So the bird. But if they're coming though, they probably a lot of them probably did have a an adventurous kind of spirit. Oh, I guarantee it. So yeah, you had to have. Whether they really wanted the money, or they really wanted the money, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I couldn't see leaving, you know, a two-story mansion and, and all the the prominence of, you know, Baltimore to come out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, and no one's gonna acknowledge who you are because they, they don't care. Well, they will, <laughs> but, you know, with a spear or arrow. Yeah, they don't care who you, you are. <laughs> they just throw You're a just here. That spear at you. Not necessarily a good thing for you. Uh, so they uh, they came here in the late 1780s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Byron Furnace, of course, went into blast somewhere between 1790 and 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was purchased by John Cocky Owings and, and his company. company. Yeah. yeah, and company. Uh, and additional partners were added in 1794. Um, but by 1795, John Cocky Owings was the sole owner of the yeah. of the furnace and the ironworks. Let's fast forward up to 1795. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I can't think, Jeff. <laughs> so, 1795, John Cocky only s- sent his 19-year-old son, Thomas Dye, here to Kentucky to oversee his property and manage the ironworks mm-hmm. and the grist mill. Give the boy some uh, uh, respectability and responsibility. Right, yeah. He, uh, you know, you're 19 years old and full of gumption and everything. Yeah. Of course, back then, too, 19 is, you know, you're... You're almost old by that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then uh, there's actually a letter uh, from Thomas Dowling to his father that mm-hmm. still survives uh, the American histori- Historical Manuscripts at Kentucky State University um, that they were preparing to leave Baltimore, mm-hmm. and part of it verbatim says, quote, 
I have such a desire to see my wife and family, I cannot contain myself any longer, end of quote. And so he confirmed that he had a wife and maybe an infant child living in Baltimore by the time he left here. So he left his family to he come here. He left behind, didn't he? What a boy. Yeah. So he um, wrote that he had purchased uh, small tracts of land, 500 or so acres, mm-hmm. that sold for 4,000 or 5,000 pounds, which pounds was the currency back yeah, then. Because yeah. we were part of We England. were still England, yeah. In 1810, uh, Thomas Iowans became the sole owner of the Furness after his, the passing of his father, John mm-hmm. Cocky. And uh, most uh, people say through the inheritance and uh, all the iron mines around it, uh, it was obvious by 1812 Owings was becoming pretty wealthy. Um, but none of this was reflected in John Cocky Owings' will in Baltimore, uh, which stated that he left Owings only one dollar to his oldest son, Thomas, you know, Thomas, and uh, nothing at all to Cassandra Van Perdellis, mm-hmm. who was living in New Orleans at the time. Uh, nearly all of the property, except for the ironworks, was left to the younger children. So, kind of interesting how that played out, you know, because yeah. Thomas Dowling's ended up with the, the operations here and being the overseer of the lands, but was only dealt a dollar out of the, you know, the inheritance. Kind of yeah. strange. But then again, you know, I feel like, you know, John was pretty, pretty, pretty intelligent. You know, like, well, he's, uh, if he's got all this other stuff, he ought to be able to make a right. fortune. So and he doesn't need anything right, for the dollar. And by all accounts, he did make a fortune. Yeah, and the other, the other kids, you know, they don't, I'm not leaving them a way to make money so they don't have money to, maybe they were young enough that they really weren't. I mean, I don't know how young they were. No, I don't. Uh, they may have been still in school. Maybe he was lucky enough to pay for their education. Pay for their educations or kind of get their kickstart in life. Maybe yeah, I don't exactly. Know. So maybe that's maybe that was the thinking behind it. Could be. I hate that he didn't leave anything for Cassandra, but now was she married at the time? She was. She was married okay, to so the French lieutenant. Uh, so maybe she he didn't feel like she needed to have anything. In all accounts, he uh, the French lieutenant was you know come out of. Uh, French royalty, and uh, so he didn't feel like she needed anything. Probably not, you know. And they they lived a pretty wealthy life yeah. in New Orleans, and uh, so maybe that's what it, maybe that's his thinking. Maybe he's like, well, they're doing okay. They're doing I need okay. to provide for the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All, all right. We've talked through it. It, it we've makes more sense it. to we've us. We've now. got it. We've made more sense now. Um. So in eight uh, from 1804 until 1814, Thomas Dye and his family lived in a stone house in Lexington. Mm-hmm. Um. And that brings us up to the Owings House. And yeah. there's interesting little tales about... We've heard several. How the Owings House came to be, how the town came to be, mm-hmm. and why it's named Owingsville instead of Minifee. Minifee. <laughs> so Minifee Town. Minifee Town. Oh, a Minifeeburg. Yeah. Miniburg. Miniville. Uh, Richardstown. I don't know. I don't know what it would have been. I don't know what it would have been either. Yeah. So around 1810... Or mm-hmm. 1811, yeah, uh, a man named Richard Minifee, mm-hmm. who uh, was a prominent, another prominent figure here in Owingsville, yes. uh, what is Owingsville now, and became a state senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a friendly wager mm-hmm. that whoever could build the most elaborate house here in town would have the honor of having the town named after him. Mm-hmm. Now, the town we talked about in the last uh, episode. Uh, was probably situated somewhere near the furnace. It was called Catlett's Flat. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point between then and after Kentucky became a state, mm-hmm. the town moved to where it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. defensively, it's a, it's a great much place. Much better place. Much yeah. better place. Doesn't flood. Um, you know, you're on top of this big ridge here. You, the mm-hmm. only way you can get into Owingsville is, you know, by any of the four oh. ridges. <laughs> yeah, up, you know, so it was very easily to defend. So, at that time, they were just going to see who was going to have the namesake of the town. I had heard several different versions of this as well. Um, I know as a kid, and maybe it was just my little kid brain, not thinking about building a house as being the race to name the town. I had heard it was a race. Yeah, yeah. I had heard it was a horse race, and I don't remember hearing the point of the start point. 
but I do remember hearing that it was for horse race, so that allowed him to build the town or name the town, and then he built his house. Hmm, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, so that that, but like I said, you know, that may have just been my little kid brain hearing that there was a race to name the town, but not realizing it wasn't a race. Wasn't a foot race or a horse race or anything like that. Or a race of who could put the bricks up quicker. Yeah, it wasn't any of that. So um, it didn't occur to me. So, you know, that could have just been that. Um, I don't know if any of our listeners out there have heard the same thing and thought the same thing or have heard it was a horse race or or foot race or whatever. Um, But I do have a book here that is called The Lure of Contempt. Is written by a histor- it's uh, the Lore of Kentucky, a historical guidebook by Maud Ward uh, Laffer- Lafferty, and it was in 1979. Um, and this book is an interesting book. It has uh, pretty much all of the counties in here, and why the history involved in them, each county. Uh, and she mentions. The race to build the most handsome house. Most handsome. The most handsome. Um, it was a finally agreed, then they, to quote her, um, it says, Orangeville, the county seat of Bath County, was named for Thomas I. Orange. He and the father of Richard Menifee owned land where the town was built, and each was anxious to have it bear his name. Mm-hmm. So it was finally agreed that the one who first built the handsomest house should have the honor. And, of course, we know Colonel Orange won, obviously, because we have Orangeville. We have Orangeville, <laughs> exactly. Um, but some things about the house. Um, it was an old house. It was says it was a handsome old house, and it still stands for the architect for the house is said to be Benjamin Rochelle. Now, he plays into he a national... He is a very, very, very interesting guy. Um, some of the things that I find interesting that he built, um, I'm, I'm sure what I'm looking at is Wikipedia, and I'm sure not everything that he designed or built uh, is listed here. But some of the more interesting things that he did build and design was Virginia State Penitentiary in Richmond, Virginia, uh, the Bank of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and that was the first major Greek revival building in the United States, and that was around 1798 and 1801. Uh, he built uh, Nassau Hall in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, it was originally designed by Robert Smith, and it hosted the Congress of the Confederation. Um, and then it said that uh, it was redesigned by Latrobe after a fire. Um, and so that's where he came in on that one. Uh, the Basilica of the National Shrine of Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Baltimore. It was the first Catholic cathedral built in the United States. Um, he built Ashland in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm, where he plays home. Mm-hmm. And... The uh, Christ Church in Washington, D.C., the Cater House in Washington, D.C., and he worked on the United States Capitol. He, d- he designed the central portion only, and that inc- was including the original logo. Right. So, um, and then, let's see, University of Pennsylvania Medical School. It was designed uh, in collaboration with his apprentice, William Strickland. It was demolished in 1874, I thought. Taft Museum of Art in Cincinnati, and originally the home to Martin Baum. And the the probably one everybody out there knows, uh, the White House East and West Colonnade in Washington, D.C. And that was designed in collaboration with Thomas Jefferson and the North and South Portico with Stanley Coburn. Right. And uh, I think he was instrumental in um, later on af- after the uh, the White House was burned mm-hmm. during the War of 1812 of doing the remodeled part mm-hmm. of it, maybe? Is it That's probably what that... That's probably what that is, yeah. Yeah. 
would be my my guess. It doesn't really say here. Like I said, I'm using Wikipedia, and it doesn't necessarily have uh, right all the information. All it's got this little little chart. For those of you who have seen Wikipedia, it's got this little, it's table, got little table here, and you can click on different things, and it's going to take me to the White House, and it's going to take me to Harry Truman's Hoban, but I'm not sure that either one of those is going to give me in detail about Latrobe's involvement there. Well, Latrobe was well-known. He was a mm -hmm. well-known architect. And yeah, again, friend of the family or something, I'm sure, to be able to come out here and right. design this. has to be. And, you know, the Greek revival, you're talking about mm -hmm. how the, the if you look at a lot of his, his structures, he relied heavily on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the columns and, and different things. Um, it, but the Owings House really didn't have the, uh, the original didn't. structure, didn't have that, mm -hmm. but it was built. It was built more in, um, like, the uh, uh, fortification right. way. Um, it had... I mean, it had a lot of. It's still. I mean, obviously, I say it had, but it it it, it still is very beautiful. Um, it was during. It was built during the around the War of eighteen twelve. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was very prominent in the head of war. So uh, Owens wanted something that could be used as a fortress if it needed to be. Yeah, and it's got like twelve, mm -hmm. fourteen inch thick walls. Yeah, on it's it. got very thick walls. It's got a a Georgian doorway with a fan transom it has side lights that have wooden shutters to close um large square entrance hall um let's see i think it was saying imposing it you know it, it was meant to be imposing as well oh yeah uh not just a fortress but also it needed to show some strength so it had imposing archways and and things like that. Um, All the woodwork was mm -hmm. hand-carved out of black walnut, it says, too. Yeah, and the stairway uh, had a mahogany handrail, mm -hmm. and it was brought from Baltimore. Well, the stairway is probably the central focal it point is. of this, yeah. this structure. Uh, even today, it's one of the most photographed places we have here in Owingsville. Mm -hmm. um, it's a spiral staircase, yes. and it's freestanding. Yeah. It has one continuous support through the middle of it, and... Mm -hmm. For the most part, it, it's that's it. That's yeah. it. This thing was it, it's huge. It goes the entire three stories up. The, the mm -hmm. building is three stories plus a basement. Um, the spiral, you know, the staircase is made of mahogany, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, it was built in Baltimore. Parts of it were hauled across the mountains into Owingsville on ox carts. Mm -hmm. In yeah. 1813, it had cost like ten thousand dollars, and the entire mansion cost sixty thousand dollars. So I don't have a conversion for that. A sixth, but of, a sixth <laughs> of that cost was the staircase alone. <laughs> yeah. But to look at it, it you can tell. You can tell. You yeah. can tell why. And you're talking about the uh, the entrance way, uh -huh. the, the fan, the or the yeah. the fan the the window the transom, above it. Yeah. Transom window. It's really beautiful. You look mm -hmm. at it. It, it really is. is. And it's just that doorway in general is yeah. just really pretty. Um, of course, I think the the. Why am I? Are there two doors there? Yeah, there's one on. Okay, the I was going to say, why am I thinking there are two doors? But they're both pretty. <laughs> they're both pretty, yeah. But the, the central one was yeah, the, the main was entrance the main there, one. and it goes into the big uh, receiving hall mm -hmm. where the staircase is mm -hmm. like the focal point. It's right point. there. You walk in, you see it. And then to the right of that, when you go in, mm -hmm. the uh, you have like the dining hall. Mm -hmm. That was the big dining hall and everything. And that yeah. right now, that occupies part of like uh, one of the boardrooms yeah, for the I bankers think so, and. Yeah. Uh, the other part is for the um, the loan department mm -hmm. at the and bank. We'll, we'll get into kind of what it was as we go. Oh, as we go on, yeah. 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 So, uh, but it was it. I mean, I mean, it was a mansion. There were there were dances and this was dinners the and place. Yes, and uh, I believe that of course you know Henry Clay was was a guest. Yeah, and he was. The Secretary of the State at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were friends. So, I mean, he was he was giving a magnificent ball. Um, Governor Shaw was a was a guest there a couple times. Lots of dignitaries, and we'll Lots get into we'll get into one particular famous one. But it's yeah. interesting to know um, the grand opening for this mm -hmm. Owings House after it was built. Yeah, and it said that. Uh, Thomas Dye invited anybody who wanted to come. 
mm-hmm. to his mansion for the grand opening. Oh. So you had all walks of life yeah, coming yeah. into this thing, and they made what's called burgoo. Oh, a okay. Big pot of burgoo. Yeah. Yeah. The burgoo, if you never eaten it, it's like a big soup kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's got like meat. I don't. I've never eaten it, so I don't know really what all's in it. But yeah. uh, it's a variety of. I'm things. sure there are many, 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 many recipes for many that. Many recipes <laughs> for it. So, but it was a, it was a big deal back then. Yeah. And so, they had all the people seated in the grand hall to eat, and uh, they had people getting up making toast to Colonel Owens, uh, mm-hmm. and we call him Colonel Owens because of his military history, yeah. which w- I'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah. Um, and as there, someone gives the blessing of the food to get ready to eat, out of the rafters of the building plops a large black snake <laughs> right down on the table. Mm-hmm. Like, poof, right there. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> so the place goes into chaos, like you said. <laughs> Everybody's jumping Screeching, around. Screeching, running. Oh, my God. Ah, you know, so somebody tells... Colonel Owings, hey, this is a harboringer of bad juju for you. Yeah. This is a bad sign. Yeah. And after that, the legend is is the place was cursed after that black snake fell out. Now, yeah. I'm I'm thinking of this as I'm, I'm remembering the story. You're sitting there. You've got all these people here. It's a good. Everybody's happy. Good vibe. Beautiful house. You you've probably just won the bet. I mean. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Out of the blue comes a snake and it's like, oh, how are you today? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I have just some of this burgoo? Yeah. <laughs> and probably that poor snake was just like, you just built a house on my house. Right. And, and you know, I, I need some place to stay. And, oh, my gosh, this is slippery. And this is what happened. Yeah, this is what happened. <laughs> so that was the grand opening of the Owens yeah. house and uh, how that went down. Yeah. And, uh, and then after that, the, uh, the balls and mm-hmm. everything you were talking about. Yeah. They, you know. It was it was the lively center of. Uh, yeah, it was. It was the main. I mean, because you know, think there wasn't a whole lot here at the time. I mean, the whole thing was a bet to see who could build the prettiest house. So you know, it had to be elaborate. Elaborate. So uh, so quick question: Do we know where Menifee built his house? Menifee, Richard Menifee's house is believed to be near the location of the Bath County Middle School. Okay. The Menifee family owned that property there, okay. according to some old land deeds that I've seen. Um, and from what I can tell, the house, up until about the beginning of the Civil War, mm-hmm. set there. Now, a lot of people confuse it with the big brick house next to the uh, school. Oh, to yeah. To the left of it, you know, the big, yeah. beautiful, ornate house. That was built much later. Yeah. Um, but Richard Menifee's apparently was built somewhere near where the school is now. Gotcha. Um, and it talks about that there was a spring behind it and, mm-hmm. and different things, which the spring would be about down where the, the baseball field, I think, yeah. is now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the house, on some of the later maps I've seen, I think the earliest map I've seen is from 1876, mm-hmm. uh, the different properties here, it's no longer on there. Mm-hmm. But it does say on there that, you know, it's owned by the Menifee family. Yeah. But all the indications are that it was there somewhere. Um we don't know what we really don't know what exactly happened to it. Unfortunately, you know, there's no drawings, no pictures that we know of. Yeah. You know, obviously there's no pictures because this is way before cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah, before cameras. Yeah. And, uh, but from the descriptions I got on it, it was a it was a large brick house. Yeah. Uh, it was more of a traditional brick. It wasn't, gotcha. it wasn't, you know, elaborate. You know, he didn't have Benjamin and Trobe come and do it for him, <laughs> obviously. So He wasn't friends with an architect. He wasn't friends with an architect, you know, <laughs> but... You know, it was a stately place, yeah. and the only thing, the difference is, is the Owings house was finished before the uh, mm-hmm. Menifee house. The Menifee house, I think, was finished in 1815, mm-hmm. and so I would love to have seen what it looked like, Yeah, you know, or just kind of get an idea of where it exactly was, but no longer there. There's no trace of it, nothing. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's sad, because I'm sure it was, it was probably, I mean, he was working on trying to... Um, Win the bet too, so right. I'm sure there were some beautiful pieces and yeah, architecture I mean involved in it too, and that's 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 a shame. It is. Another very famous rumored guest was um, Louis Philippe from France. Yes. Yeah, and he was the king of France. So. so and he had his own <laughs> the Louis Philippe in general. He had his own issues, but it right. is rumored that he was a guest for for a little while and with 
yeah. at the Owens house. And it says that he was friends with the with the Owens family. Mm-hmm. Uh, he met them in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And when he went into exile from mm-hmm. France, that he came here to Baltimore and then ended up here in Owensville. Yeah. And now, Bardstown and, and Bardstown, several places Lexington, in Kentucky. Uh, so Richmond, I think, was mm-hmm. another place. And so that that is a that is a standing legend. Um, I have also heard that it was somebody posing as him. Right. Uh, so you know, w- we'll go into that a little bit more, and we'll talk about why certain legends. That may be a that's going to be a further uh, future podcast, I believe. Yeah, we, uh, I sitting do here believe. just talking about Miss Cassandra amongst ourselves and. And with Louis Philippe, I think that would be a interesting podca- uh, interesting episode. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, he was rumored to be there. Um, he, like I said, he had his own issues. Yeah. Um, and then there were others who were who were there. Um, Andrew Jackson actually came through town but he didn't stay there yeah he just kind of maybe visited or visited yeah uh matthew jewett maybe matthew jewett mm-hmm. um the jewett family in general in general yeah. i think came and came and went through here it was mm-hmm. it was a stagecoach stop too yeah at one point. yeah um yeah and that's uh there's some some of the things that are mentioned in this book uh about some of the lore of kentucky uh some other future podcasts include um with uh John Hood. So we have a lot of crossover with oh some yeah, of our episodes. Oh, yeah, lots of A lot stuff. of crossover. It so it's interesting now when you look at the Owings House and how elaborate it looks uh, with all the ornate mm-hmm. uh, toppings and everything. Um, it didn't – it wasn't originally built that way. The how the building was actually kind of plain when you looked at it from the outside. Yeah. Um, it was a plain three-story brick structure, had the windows and everything in the – the the ornate door that stood out front. Yeah. Other than that, it, the the roof pitch was just plain. It was a fortress. Basically. It had a couple of big chimneys that came mm-hmm. on each side of it. Um, but if you look at it now, it's it's got all this. Am- There's more ornamental. Orna- uh huh. Ornamental uh, architecture and and faces and all of that. Stuff. That was yeah. all put on after 1903, is mm-hmm. the way I understand. But to look at it, it was it was pretty plain. Yeah. Um, and it was used as a you know, used as his home, but then mm-hmm. Thomas Dye moved back and forth because you got to think during during the time that this was being built, he was serving as a colonel for the Twenty Eighth Infantry Division mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. the War of eighteen twelve. Yeah, so he his he was war minded. He was honestly yeah. he wanted to keep his family safe, mm-hmm. and he, uh, you know, he he when they did the call of arms, the majority of people in the uh, the soldiers in the War of eighteen twelve mm-hmm. were Kentuckians. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them were Kentuckians. And he organized the 28th Infantry here in Bath County. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they marched off the war. He was instrumental in the Battle of Lake Erie. Uh, Thomas Dye was. Um, you know, the, his, him and uh, Thomas Dye and his sharpshooters were actually mm-hmm. in the rigging of ships and picking off the British off yeah. the other ships and everything. He was he was definitely... Military-minded. Military-minded. Um, I mean, the... You know, like you mentioned, the building had three to four feet thick walls. Mm-hmm. I mean, big walls. Big walls. Um, so once he went off to war, he did the things that we're talking about. Um, so did he keep it? He kept it, yes. It stayed stayed in his family. Uh, they actually used it for a stagecoach stop and mm-hmm. a boarding house. Yeah. They, uh, they boarded out the rooms for mm-hmm. travelers. Um, rented out the ballroom and uh, had still had elaborate things going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his family just kind of goes back to the legend of the curse and everything. Yeah. He, some of his children and everything, they say one of the girls went mad living oh in the gosh. house and mm. committed suicide in the home. Mm. And soon afterwards, uh, after the war, uh, Thomas Dye went bankrupt. Mm, and then he so was being yeah. sued for all like different yeah, land yeah, yeah, companies, yeah. and so that ties into the whole legend of the snake. You know that yeah, the place that is cursed. cursed. Yeah. Um, eventually, they sold sold the property, mm-hmm. and he moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. Thomas Dowlings and his family moved to Texas. Um, 
and that's where they've kind of finished their they lives. They finished their so lives out yeah. there. And, they and didn't he, really come uh, back over. His son was uh, was a uh, lieutenant in uh, the Mexican War. Yeah. And was killed at the, the Battle of Goledad. So the curse followed them. The basically. curse followed them there, apparently. Yeah. And then, you know, Cassandra Van Perdellis was lost at sea by the pirates, mm-hmm. you know, according That's to legend. That's the other legend we'll, we'll, uh, we'll touch on. Touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it's interesting to know that the War Department tried to get Colonel Owings to set up another uh, regiment to yes, send to yeah, Mexico. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I forgot about that. But he yeah. funded it, but he never went. Yeah. Um, so, and then... How old was he when that kind of happened? Was uh, he, he was later in life. He yeah, was he, later. Was, he was he was ge- he was getting up there in age. And he had uh, grown children, I guess. Yeah, grown children. Obviously. And you know, by this time the uh, the furnace had the furnace operations had been sold off a couple of mm-hmm. times. Yeah, different. Uh, people he was still battling it. court cases as far as mm-hmm. land patents that went bad or bad business deals. Yeah. Um, the saving grace for I think Thomas Dye was the War of eighteen twelve. Uh, contract he had with the navy for the the cannonballs yeah i think that's what yeah, really kind of contracted out for that yeah i forgot about that too so then the um you know the owings house traded hands uh, was a boarding house a hotel mm-hmm. um and that to go into the building now it's just really elaborate to see but mm-hmm. in the basement especially is where the kitchen area was they mm-hmm. had all the kitchen areas they had a dumb waiter that went from the bottom up to the top mm-hmm. to be able to just bring the food up for the servants and uh, I think it's still there. That'd be interesting. I think it's still there. We to may have to go. We'll have to try to get in and yes. see as much as we can to show you guys for our wandering through the county. Wandering through the county, exactly. Yeah. And then the other long-standing legend is, and we touched on this last mm-hmm. month, is the tunnel. <gasps> the tunnel. The tunnel. More of those tunnels. More of those <laughs> tunnels. You know, again, as we said, it would be a daunting task for them to build this tunnel two miles Mm-hmm. through straight limestone rock and crossing the creek and different things. Yeah. It is possible, as I said, there was a, uh, a stairway that went down to a blocked-up wall. Possible that that's the cellar where they kept stuff yeah. or the refuge in case of a native attack or the British. Early An early panic room. Right, yeah. early panic room. So let's fast forward up a little bit here. The um, In 1893... Uh, Owensville had a fire. Mm-hmm. The entire downtown area burned. Yes. The Owings house was spared. The fire was on the opposite, opposite side of the road. Opposite side of the road, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was spared. Over there where the library is. It <laughs> is, yes, right where the library is. We weren't there, though. It, well, where the library is was a bank. Yes. Good Pastures Bank. And the fire, because of the fire, is how Owensville Banking Company got its beginnings. They move the operations from the bank over to the Owings house. So they bought the building. And they ended up purchasing the building. Well, there for years, the building had kind of went into disrepair. Mm. So it was redone. In 1903, a full renovation mm. was done on it. They put the, the ornamental So they, there, yeah, okay. And since 1893, the banks occupied that building. So do we know the architect of the, or? I do not. Or no. if it was just craftsman's that kind of came in? I think it was craftsman's. It wasn't anybody It wasn't famous. an official no, architect no. or something. I got not you. that I could find. So gotcha. And the, uh, uh, so it, it served as the bank, but there was still some like boarding house yeah. stuff going on in there. And eventually. That's interesting, yeah. having a bank and a boarding house. Yeah, it was right up above it. Yeah. Um, and eventually the bank uh, just focused on the central part of, of what you see now mm-hmm. and the loan department. And over the years, the house part, upstairs, mm-hmm. downstairs, the, the staircase, the staircase they maintained pretty well. Yeah. The rest of the place kind of went into some more disrepair over the years. Mm. And in 1980 or 81, mm-hmm. the um, Owings house sold again. Mm. And it was... I'm not for sure if it was a foreclosure or whatever it was, yeah. but anyway, it was a big deal here in town. A lot of people were here in town for it, and um, Tom Byron bought the building, bought the Owings house. Mm-hmm. You know, now the bank remained there. You know, yeah. that was their own standalone. But the house part of it, Tom bought it, okay, and kept it for years. Mm-hmm. And they kind of remodeled some more stuff in there and kind of made it look more. But then the bank ended up purchasing it back from Tom later mm-hmm. on. Spent a ton of money and got the place looking great. Yeah. 
kind of this rate. Um, the last time I was in there was with the Cub Scout troop, mm-hmm. uh, the Cub Scout yeah. den, and um, we got to go to the upstairs. They were still remodeling it, and it's neat because the plaster is still there from the old days. Yeah, and it's open. You know, it's got holes in it, and you can see the horsehair fibers uh, that they would have used yeah, to kind of so make yeah. the uh, the plaster the stick. Old, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's so really neat. If we if we are fortunate enough to get to see that, we'll make sure to take pictures Absolutely. so you guys can see yeah. and see it. It's uh, the only house, like you said, it's a formidable. Yeah, yeah. And really, structure. would you? I mean, I haven't honestly. I haven't been on the tour. If I have, it was when I was little, because I'm sure a school took us through, and I don't remember a whole lot about it. Um, but I'm assuming that. Just being inside of it, you wouldn't know that it's more of a fortress than anything. No, no. Looking at so it, you really wouldn't. Now, in the basement, mm-hmm. I've been out in the basement once, mm-hmm. and you see the thick walls. Yeah. If you go into, like, the main entrance mm-hmm. uh, off the side of the, the main street side, and then you walk in, you can see how thick those walls are. Yeah. And then around the the, the fireplace and, the, mm-hmm. and the, the dining room, that area, it's it's pretty thick. Yeah. So, um, so we know it's... It was a home, fortress, um, tavern, boarding house, stagecoach station, um, a bank mm-hmm. for many, many years. Probably more years than it's been anything else. Right. Yeah, it's still in yeah, operation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else has it? I think that's about it. That's about, about it. it. Okay. Yeah. And it, it was added on to the National uh, Register of Historic Places mm-hmm. in 1978. And it's it's protected. Protected uh, now. So and uh, it was used in a movie too. Yeah. We had okay. a uh, yeah, movie we did. here uh, a few Just years ago. Just not long ago. The movie was called The Big Ugly, and um, that was the central point of the actors when they came in. They made it look like the Owingsville Inn or a hotel or something yeah, like that. But it was the hotel where they were going to stay. Mm-hmm. And so they have some good shots of the interior of it, where the staircase mm-hmm. is, the uh, entranceways, and of course they put a mock up. Uh, siren on the outside said Owensville Inn or yeah. something like that. Tavern. Yeah, and you can drive around and see the the eighty six saloon, the eighty six roadhouse, roadhouse. Yeah, yeah it's behind the, behind the the library. Library, that's and right. And, and the house is, you know, the building itself is. You it's know, an interesting time. Very interesting. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. beautiful if you look at it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a beautiful building, especially yeah. at night if you come into town and walk through there. The lights, the way they hit mm-hmm. it, it's just magnificent yeah. to see. And uh, it's just a integral part of our history here in mm-hmm. Bath County. It, it is the reason we're here. The yeah, exactly. That That's the main centerpiece, and it's exactly what it's exactly and, uh, made into. And one, one neat thing we do have up here at the museum, we have an iron gate up here at the museum. We do, that yeah. That came out the back door of the Owings House. Which right we now mentioned it before, yeah, too. Yeah, we did. If you look at it now, the back of the Owings House is concrete, and it's mm-hmm. other buildings attached to it. But back then, there was a garden, mm. and... Then there was a cemetery on the other side of that, but we'll talk about that at another time. <laughs> um, but the Iron Gate, we have it here at the museum. Yes. Uh, and it's about four or five feet tall, weighs a ton. It's made out of ca- you yeah. know, pure it's iron. Very, and it's pretty, too. I mean, just the oh, it design. Is. It's, it's it is. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, uh, likely it was made down here at the furnace. Probably. Yeah. And uh, But it was the, the gate to the uh, garden out back, and... Mm-hmm. Very fortunate to have that from yes, someone. Yes, thank you, Betty Bailey. Yes, Betty Bailey brought that up to us. Uh, mm-hmm. She had acquired it years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing that we've got that mm-hmm. still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that, I think, uh, well, and so now you know all about the Owens House and have a, hopefully have an appetite for some of the other stuff from the right. Owens House and around. Um Interesting to kind of delve into some of the cursing from the stake. Was there ever any mention of who actually placed the curse? That no, I don't think there it was, was just curse. It, it was, was just, just a bad curse, omen. Bad omen for the snake coming yeah, out of the ceiling. Yeah, gotcha. But but nobody it. ever rumor had a rumor about no. who actually done that. Well, uh, you know, I have heard just the universe. The universe. <laughs> you know. I've heard that since uh, Thomas Dial and his army were. Uh, instrumental in the capture and mm-hmm. you know killing of Tecumseh, that somehow that may have factored ah, into it. Oh, gotcha. Uh, 
so but who knows? Yeah. I mean, Time period. This correct or was that? I, I don't know. I'd have to look. Well, into uh, it too. yeah, he was he was part of that. You know, okay. His army was part of uh, the capture and killing of. But I mean, was that before or after the house? Oh, that was before the house. Okay, so it could have been. Could have been. Yeah, he could have been, been personally cursed, but. Yeah. Who knows? Gotcha. But I think I just wondered. So you know, some that sometimes you hear, you know, when the curses are going on. Well, some say cursed not because blah blah blah. And right. Stuff. So I, I, I just, just wondered. I think Sam the Serpent probably was just in the <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time and decided to come visit. <laughs> I think he. I think he was misplaced he by was the building. Misplaced <laughs> by the building. And, <laughs> and he just decided, well, you know, I'll just live here. <laughs> yeah, we'll just live here. You know, we're gonna name <laughs> him guy. Sam the Serpent. Sam so. the Serpent. I was getting ready to ask you yeah. where that came from. All right. Well. Um, to find out more, uh, there are several books here that uh, did talk a little bit about um, Owens. Uh, one of them is The Stagecoach Days in the Bluegrass. It's by J. Winston Coleman, Jr., and it is in available in the Kentucky Room at the library. Um, we also have, I mentioned before, The Lore of Kentucky by Maud Ward Lafferty. Um, it's also available, uh, of course, you know, many of the books that we mentioned before talk about him. I mean, this is early history, so, th you know, very important part of Bath County and the naming of the town, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be in several of the little resources we used uh, before. Um, and some of the things that I got about Benjamin Latrobe came from Wikipedia. So, um, and that was just to mention some of his some, some of, of his, his accomplishments. Uh, accomplishments and stuff that's well known. Uh, I will warn you, the Owens House is not on that list, but I'm pretty sure it was done as a favor for a friend, and a lot of his stuff may not be mentioned, because I'm sure he did a lot more than what was oh on yeah, that list. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. That's uh, the only one we have around here in town that mm -hmm. we know of. So. Yeah, yeah. So Do you have anything else, Rob? I don't think so. I'm sure that, like I said, I'm sure that there's more stories oh about yeah. the uh, Owings House. We just kind of did a brief history we on did. it. We did, yeah. Um, there's tons of more stuff out there. And lots of pictures. Lots of pictures. Uh, so yeah. if you've got anything you'd like to share on our mm -hmm. Facebook page, yeah. you go to Bath County Chronicles on Facebook and look mm -hmm. us up, like us, share us. Yeah. Um, shoot us a message, shoot us uh, pictures, and we'll... Um, yeah. You know, we'll add them to the page and exactly. you know, give you full Messages credit. Messages, any anything that you know, uh, we'll make sure to post it and perhaps even mention it at some point. Exactly. And we're going to do our best to try to be able to highlight the Owens House in our wandering through the county. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, stay tuned for that. And right. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you, guys, and until next time. <laughs>